Hello, my name is Jacqueline Lane. Welcome to What I Wish I Knew. At Verisit, we strive to have meaningful conversations on topics that leaders and sales professionals, people just like you, want to know more about. In this What I Wish I Knew series, I'm really excited to be talking to industry leaders so they can share their experiences and insights with you. So today is one of the special days that I get to have not one, but two incredible guests. The first, um, Sri Ayapin, he is the president and CRO of Argano. And Dave Kahari is the VP of customer success joining me from Argano as well. Welcome, welcome, gentlemen. Um, Thank you for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. It's great to have you here. It's been great to get to know the two of you as well in preparation. Um, so the reason why we're here today is to perhaps demystify or break down revenue transformation. Um, Sri, I'll start with you. You have had a, a career of entrepreneurship and currently president and CRO of Argano. You've clearly had a ton of experience creating revenue engines, growing and transforming them. So in your mind, what is revenue transformation? Why are organizations now making this a priority? Excellent. Well, thank you, Jackie, for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Um, revenue transformation, you know, think of it as this modern data-driven environment that unifies and integrates the, the view of uh, a company's progress on revenue generation. Um, this incorporates the cross-pillar function, not just for sales and go-to-market and marketing, but also the back office that pulls in our customer success, revenue operations as this unified view that drives a predictable outcome, that drives modern collaboration, and moves organization forward into the future. And most companies that invest and grow their revenue transformation platform are high-performing, and they understand their data better, they understand their client impact better, and they're able to move the organization in a very positive way uh, in the speed in which business have to evolve and bring the agility to their clients. Yeah, and so, you know, when we've talked about it before, it's it's this idea of looking internally within the organization at not just the traditional go-to-market engines, right? So marketing and sales, sometimes customer success, customer service, but looking at the much broader um, perspective of the business and everyone who has an impact on generating revenue. Um, and as compared to a couple of years ago when digital transformation was what everyone was talking about, um, revenue transformation seems to be much broader and considers processes, people, and the technology. So I've seen this giant shift in sales performance management since I've been here for about 10 years. Um, and it's forcing companies to take a harder look at how to do more with, with the same resources or sometimes even less. So since you have been in the SPM industry for 25 years, Dave, can you tell me what um, sales performance management means to the industry that you're in and why is it now more of a priority? Yeah, thanks, Jackie. Uh, it's hard to believe sometimes, but yeah, I spent the last three decades um, helping customers think about and realize tremendous gains from their investment in sales performance management. But I would say there's been a handful of sort of recent changes that have brought SPM uh, to the forefront of this revenue transformation, uh, digital transformation conversation. The first is really um, forward-thinking organizations. They're starting to bring all of their revenue functions under a single leader. 
the chief revenue officer. And so as Sri pointed out earlier, this new world requires a more integrated, more interoperable approach. Uh, so you're not just thinking about sales and sellers, but really everyone that has revenue responsibility. Um, I think other companies are reacting to some of the broader economic conditions. So in essence, if you're a finance or operations leader, uh, SPM operational efficiency, it's no longer a luxury, it's a necessity. You have to be thinking about other what, you know, what are the ways that we can improve the bottom line. I think if you're a sales leader over the past year, you're probably watching you know, your team's quota attainment start to fall, maybe deal cycles are starting to extend, the close one rates are decreasing. Uh, maybe you're looking at that mix of new logo versus existing customer base, and you're seeing new logo start to decline, so you need to mine your existing customer base for additional revenue opportunities. Uh, and unfortunately, you're also probably watching your competitors accelerate into better results and potentially even acquire your best talent because they were in that forward-thinking group and that first group of SPM fast movers. Uh, so I really think all of these things are, are, are sort of conspiring to create the right time for revenue transformation, and specifically SPM is part of that journey. Um, and hopefully at this point, you've made some of those foundational uh, transformation investments in finance and back office. Uh, so it's really, you know, now's the time to bring your revenue and RevOps team uh, really into the modern age. I think you put it well in, in that um, there were other things that people were taking care of. The market has changed so much. Um, we've talked about in the past, uh, revenue at any cost is not working anymore. So companies are looking for better long-term sustainability. They're looking for more profitable growth. And so that has to happen um, by, you know, using a couple of your levers, you either increase your revenue, decrease your cost, and cost can certainly be impacted by efficiency. And pulling this revenue transformation does really great things to the top line as well. So speaking of top and bottom line, leaders, when they're considering something like this, something like a big transformation, um, they need to be able to demonstrate value of the outcomes. Mm -hmm. So what are people looking at when they're, what's the end goal for achieving revenue transformation? So when, when you think of like the business outcome that a platform like this and combined with SPM achieves, you know, the first one is the alignment of data process structure, more, you know, cross-functional collaboration, which are like key elements of how you think of revenue, again, in the context of better profitability. So that alignment that starts with marketing down all the way down to finance and have that single view and everybody kind of sees the same set of KPIs, that's number one. Now, along the way, think of profitability. You know, you've got to think about cost of revenue, cost of your goods sold. There's a lot of ways to think about cost in, in this context. So you got to be able to have ways to make your investments and get your investments returns back and also manage your costs. So the view of that and understanding that framework and finally be able to make insightful, smart decisions. How much insights are you able to generate with the right set of KPIs, both leading and lagging, that gives you the ability to go make you know quick, smart decision and agility is, is the name of the game. So, you know, one, this, speaking of these kind of three benefits, uh, reminds me of uh, a, a pretty sizable uh, implementation that we did of uh, revenue transformation with incentive models behind it for a, for a pretty large manufacturing, you know, more than 20 countries around the wall, different sales teams, different sales models. When we pulled in all that together, unified it with, you know, one single visible data structure, one single visible plan, one simple one simple ways to kind of think about how they are motivated to cross-sell and co-sell. 
we were able to get like good predictability in their products demand. So demand planning got better. We were able to get good predictability in the operations and their planning and continuously improve that process. And ultimately, we saw a great culture shift to this modern age of how you think about bringing both the frontline sellers and customer success into this one unified framework where everybody wins, so which was a, a big deal. Yeah, I, I I hear that companies are looking for those efficiency gains. It's mm -hmm. it's a little interesting to see how you get there. But before we get to kind of what the steps are or where to start, um, I'm I'm wondering what kind of trends are happening in the marketplace. Dave, you've been here. You you said three decades. That also seems cookie nutty to me. But what themes and trends are you seeing in the market that's precipitating or even making necessary a transformation within go-to-markets engines today? Yeah, Jackie, I think, well, we've talked about a little bit about like the rise of the CRO and that position, uh, you know, gaining prominence. I think, you know, we talked a little bit too about some of the fast changing market conditions that people are uh, are dealing with. But I think Sri nailed it earlier when he said agility, right? I think the underlying story here is really the need for SPM and um, more broadly revenue agility. So if you think about it, being able to redesign your territories or model new quotas and comp plans, um, that's not just an annual exercise anymore. You need to be able to do that mid-year or even mid-quarter, uh, depending on how, you're, how you need to react to changing market conditions. I think the other thing that we're seeing is uh, companies introducing new products or even making changes to the commercialization of their existing product base. You know, uh, For example, in, in high tech, we see a, sort of a migration to consumption-based pricing. That's happening more frequently. And anytime you see that change, you need to think about, okay, what are the selling behaviors? What are the behaviors that I need to drive inside my revenue team? And associately, you know, how, how do I change my plans and my metrics uh, to reinforce those behaviors? And then I think the third thing is really around um, layering incentive compensation into newer revenue responsible roles like customer success, where they may not have had variable compensation before. Uh, but as we see that consolidation happening under a CRO uh, and sort of that unified leadership, we're going to continue to see an expansion of the use of variable compensation uh, across the entire team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, there was a couple of things that I loved there. I, so we've been watching things change on LinkedIn. We've been watching things change um, at our companies or our client sites. And the rise of the CRO is really interesting. And I think it it creates or it, it uh, bolsters the fact that revenue transformation is real. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a ton of reasons why an organization would do this, right? And they're trying to improve the way they've done things in the past. I can imagine revenue transformation though, considering it's so all encompassing can feel overwhelming. Other than the fact that it feels overwhelming and like panic attack initiating, um, what? why do you think that companies don't do this? What's holding yeah. it back? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, I mean, one important aspect, uh, again, you know, Shri mentioned this earlier, I think is culture, right? I think leaders, uh, companies, they're often slow to make changes on the go-to-market side of the house because they don't want to negatively affect that revenue engine. Um, I've also seen cases where, you know, maybe historically other burning issues take priority, uh, especially when you're talking to IT leaders who are trying to you know, figure out what are, where do we, where do we spend our money first? Um, so it may be 
uh, known across the organization, across the leadership team, that they know that they need to make these investments in uh, their go-to-market strategy and operational changes. Um, but they had to, you know, basically spend those dollars first and revamping and consolidating back office or, or other financial solutions. But I think as we've discussed already, whether you're ahead of the game or now you're kind of running to catch up, uh, you really don't have a choice in the matter anymore, right? Like, I think at this point, the most important thing is just to start, right? Especially if you've already made some of those other foundational investments. And once you get on this path of revenue transformation, I think you really need to think about framing that journey uh, in the, you know, with the concept of the idea of continuous improvement over time, right? So to your point, you know, don't, it, it can seem overwhelming, but once you put your foot on that path, there's definitely a way to approach it in a way that you can evolve uh, towards that best in class uh, program. Yeah, so I I think it's I think it's so important because the things that keep on coming up are agility, continuous improvement, the need to assess and make changes. And it's really, really hard to do that if everybody is marching to their own drum. Um, and we talked about the other priorities. I, I've been in sales for many, many years before this role. And there was always priorities. Everybody's got the priority. But as I said to you earlier today, there how can there be any other priority than the possibility of falling behind all of your competitors, mm-hmm. lagging technologically and process-wide behind your sellers so that they are being so much more efficient? so much more agile than you, you're going to go out of business. It's, it's sad, but true. So let's say an organization has taken its first steps. So they've, um, they've done some really solid digital transformation in the back end. They've started thinking about, you know, what the future looks like, the full revenue transformation program, if you will. Um, it's time to then look at the commercial engine. So we said earlier, there are these five pillars, there's demand gen, sales, marketing, um, customer success, and even finance. We talked about this earlier, but I'm like, how is finance possibly a part of the commercial engine? I'm going to derail my question just for a moment to say finance. <laughs> great, great, great uh, question. The way we think about this is the the trends in which the market is evolving and changing, you know, gone are the days. It's uh, a product selling economy. You know, the frontline sales teams go to market, they got the specific targets, they go sell the products and then finance deals with it later. But now we are moving to a service car. You know, what that means is everything is as a service. So there is a need to like understand your your customer base, your customer 360 becomes important. There is an understanding to their buying patterns and their continuous intelligence of what they're doing. So when you sell things as, as a service, concepts like how do you protect your revenue? How do you protect your and don't have any leakages and how do you recognize your revenue in the modern new way and and the compliance around it becomes extremely important so finance not just becomes like a contributor to like the world of this commercial engine but also a collaborator and a co-creator of how this process should work which is the modern way of thinking revenue transformation that elevates everybody to think the new modern economy which is the service economy and how does it tie that with good intelligent data top to bottom. And and they can both interact, both go to market functions and finance functions have to work hand in hand to achieve that mission. Amazing. I mean, thank you for answering my side question, but I'm going to have to answer my original, ask my original question first again, because I think I've forgotten it. So someone has created and has begun their digital transformation. They started um, putting their foot forward in terms of what the plan is long-term for the revenue transformation. 
So what do they do as it relates to sales performance management when it's time to tackle that commercial engine? Yeah, I think, you know, when we think about this problem, Jackie, uh, you know, generally we describe an SPM program, a healthy SPM program, or I mean, really, you can think about it with any program, really, in four kind of overarching categories. There's planning, there's execution, there's analysis, and then there's improvement. So if we look at sales performance management specifically in those categories, planning is plan design and modeling. It's territory and quota allocation. It's how we communicate that information out to the field. Um, execution is the administration of the program, right? So how do I get people paid? How do I give them reports? Uh, how do I manage their inquiries and disputes? How do I continue to maintain and update all of this information on a regular basis? Analysis is ultimately participant plan and program effectiveness. Answering the question, you know, I'm paying a lot of dollars uh, in incentive compensation. Am I actually driving the results? Uh, am I driving the behaviors? Am I getting the results that I expected? And then finally, using that information, those trends, those insights from that analysis is improvement, right? Taking that information and making sure we improve our strategy, we improve the way that we model, and we drive better outcomes over time. Um, and that's that continuous improvement loop. I think there's also an order of operations to how companies make an investment in sales performance management. To me, the foundation is always trust, right? And trust in the numbers begins with solid execution, with being paid accurately and on time and having great visibility into those results. Um, you know, without that trust, you can't get the behavior. You're not driving the behaviors you want. You're not going to achieve the outcomes that you need. And even worse, perhaps, is in, in the absence of that trust, your, your revenue team, your sellers, they become shadow ops, right? They're, they're keeping little side spreadsheets and, and little ledgers to make sure that they're getting credit for their contributions and getting paid accurately uh, and what they think they deserve. But once you have that foundational trust and those elements in place, then you can start to look at these other things that really start to drive towards that agility that Sri was talking about. Uh, particularly around planning, right? Now we can start looking at like, how do we model better? How do we have better territory um, and quota allocation? And once we have all that data kind of sitting in one place, then we can get to that analysis and improvement that really will allow us to level up the program over time. Treat, uh, I don't know, do you have anything to add uh, uh, from your perspective to that? You said it really well. I think one of the key um things to kind of think about is the continuous performance improvement, right? So if you think of revenue transformation with SPM in a very high-performing business, they have a very established continuous improvement model. So they can you know, revisit their planning and what assumptions go into their planning, be really good at scenario planning and make adjustments in a, in a fast manner and, and find that success. And also have a great simulation engine. How do I simulate this data in various market conditions or various conditions to kind of drive at what's the optimal path and help guide that optimal path. But ultimately, you said it well, it comes down to execution. So you got to have the right data, the insights to make sure, you know, as much as you're planning, you're executing well on that plan and be able to understand through analysis, like what adjustments you're going to make. So, you know, putting that good process in place, creating a high performance engine is a serious, like an important aspect of a good revenue transformation. Um, so I, I think there's... So first of all, thank you so much for all of the incredible insight and just sharing the smallest piece of the experience and insight that you both can bring to the table. So firstly, thank you. Thank you. Um, 
there were some things that I took away from this and, and hopefully others took similar notes. And that's firstly, revenue transformation isn't just about the traditional um, corporate engine of sales and marketing and, and perhaps demand gen. It reaches farther across the business than I would have thought. So into finance and into um, other parts of the business. So the other thing is that I remember hearing is the rise of the CRO. And that validates again, that this is important to so many companies. And the interesting thing, a part about this is the layering of compensation on top of all of these traditionally not incentively compensated folks. I don't know if incentively is a word. Now it is. Um, <laughs> it's a word now. Um, the third thing that I heard was, um, you know, there were burning priorities in the past, but this has to be a priority because the underlying theme that I heard again and again is agility, continuous improvement, um, which goes back to if you don't measure it, you can't improve it. That's wrong. <laughs> if, you do, if you don't measure it, you know the one. So yeah. the point being, we need this baseline against which we measure success, against which we make changes and then continuously improve. So a lot of really great stuff here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, if anyone has questions, please put them in the chat. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here today. Have an awesome day.